right. I think that will suffice. I think that's enough <laughs> of that nonsense there. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? Excellent. We are both Mikes. Thank you for joining us. And look, there's some sort of alarm or something going off here. What oh, the heck? 45 second alarm? I guess. Right, ready? I guess. All right. <laughs> What's going on here? You're starting off with a bang. That's awesome. Just cut that out and post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It don't take no time at all. Hey, I, I got a question for you. Do you know what an NFT is? NFT, non-sufficient tons. That that's along the lines of what I was going for there. But NFT, non-fungible tokens. Ah. This is like Bitcoin, but this is like artistic type stuff. This is like. Uh, you've ever seen any digital media maybe you're thinking of something like youtube or a meme or something something you can access for free but anytime you want well there's a technology now where you can own those moments in time they're doing this with sports as well you could buy clips like if a basketball player makes a dunk you yeah. can buy that clip and you can sell it's yours you have the rights to it now okay. and they go up or down in value and the same thing with these other fungible tokens that's the latest internet buzzword there so i didn't know if you had heard of that or oh, no. I, I, am i turning into an old dad yes and we'll get to that later because i have some <laughs> stuff that's going to make us feel really <laughs> old we yes. look at things now and we're like huh Wait, what no no yeah yeah like, unreal I, I don't get it. it there, there's, there, I'm just fascinated by the world now and, and how things happen, you know? Uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, uh, a rocket ship that goes into outer space, drops something off, it comes back and yeah. lands on a postage stamp in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. If, I, if someone told me that, I wouldn't believe it. And now right. you can buy, you can buy a, a, a piece of time. A, 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 it's almost like buying a a star, naming a star after So that brings me to my next point. We talked about time travel before here. Right. Does that mean if you buy enough time, you can live longer? I understand what you're what you're getting at there, but yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'd like to own moments in time. That would be awesome. But are, are, I, I think if you could get certain things, like maybe, maybe you could um, something impactful, like the Zabruder film, things of that nature, that are moments in time that you own, and that might be the first example of one, because the, that film clip is known as Zabruder. That's the guy who shot that at the Kennedy assassination. So. You know, anytime that's used, they have to credit him by saying his name. And I, I don't think he gets any monetary compensation. I don't, I don't even know if the guy's alive still, but it, it makes you wonder if we can buy moments in time, if we can buy these artistic things that they're saying is digital media. Apparently, these things are, are a high stakes market right now. And I don't know. How do you determine the value of an online good? How do you determine the value of air in a bag? That was that was my next question. Was okay, like when when you said this, like when, uh, with sports, what came to mind is that famous half court shot that Michael Jordan did. I think he had the flu or some kind of thing going on, 
where it was a buzzer beater and he got it and he was like after you know the the shot of him going you know great i got this the, the shot that's worth more than two seconds before with well all those well, well that particular property is owned by the nba and its partners so I guess if you get enough moments in time, I don't know who releases these moments and how they get paid. I mean, I have moments here. Like we can have a moment here. We could sell this tens, this next 10 seconds of air. We can sell it to somebody. Imagine that. Oh, wait, we can do that. Am I, am I reaching in the right direction? Yes. We'll just, we'll just put them on the, on the, on the screen. That's what we'll do. Anyway, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I don't think I can't even afford one Bitcoin. It goes for like 50 grand, one one Bitcoin for like 50 grand. Yeah, no, it's, I, I don't get that either. It, 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 turning into an old man. Oh. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I don't I, I guess I don't understand it properly, but it needs to be backed by something. I think the only thing of the Bitcoin is backed by is the next person that buys into it. I don't know. I know they call it blockchain and you can't interfere with it. You can't corrupt it. You can't change it. You know, there's certain, there's certain things in this blockchain. There's a definitely, there's a finite number. And that brings us to like where we are in the world today. Basically the government just prints money when they need it. Oh, we need money. Go print some more. Yeah, you can't do that with Bitcoin. There's a finite amount. You can't devalue your own system, your own monetary system. So I, I am taking active steps to invest in Bitcoin and precious metals right now because I think that's where it's at. I think the stock market's pretty high, but that's another show. That's another time there. Right, right. But yeah. I, I do like gold. I do How like Bitcoin. The, I didn't know there was a specific number of Bitcoin. Yeah, no, there is. It's I like no, I, I thought you just you just bought in. Well, like anything else, it is supply and demand. The, the less there is and the more demand there is, the higher the price goes. So it's like anything else. But there is definitely a finite number. They're not just going to back room and start printing money. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, with the money no. Tesla, you can actually buy Bitcoin now. Yeah. And the more I'm watching these companies, these banks like Chase and Citigroup and these other banks are, are doing that. And these it's not going to be long. It's not going to be far away. I saw a thing on eBay the other day about their cryptocurrency policies and so forth and there's there's multiple types of cryptocurrency too there's all types of them i know gene simmons just recommended five different ones and i do mean gene simmons from kiss right of course i'm sure they're all it's really bad yeah but i i think that's the that's the move right now because i i don't know if you have 401k or whatever it's been going crazy i mean my money's quadrupled in the past like two years so i'm like I don't want to stop it, but I don't want to be left with nothing. I want to get on the next ride. Yeah, mine's been increasing by 25 to, to 30% a year for the past eight years. No, that's pretty strong. That's good. Yeah, I, I'm impressed. I opened my house way up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because the stock market's way up right now. But I, we're not going to we're not gonna talk about any more money here. We're going to get into my next thing that I like. And that's a couple handcuffs themselves together to work through relationship woes in a three-month experiment. <laughs> I don't know how this, I, I, I don't understand. 
An on-again, off-again couple in the Ukraine have pledged to strengthen their relationship by handcuffing themselves together in a three-month experiment that has reportedly grabbed the attention of their home country. Now, the guy, his name is Kudle, he's 33 years old. He says him and his uh, girlfriend used to break up once or twice a week. That's the red flag right there. Big red flag. if, If you break up once or twice a week, now you want to be handcuffed to that person? I uh, well, my first question was when you started off was, is this the U.S.? I don't think I don't think people are, are that. I think you could be charged with kidnapping here. Right now, here's the thing: the, th- the second th- thing I thought of was that Michael Jackson video where the two guys wrap their hands together and they start swinging at each other with knives. The guy yeah, in the yeah, white yeah. Jacket, the guy in the red yeah, jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm picturing is is two people basically handcuffed together, wanting to kill each other with knives or guns or or bare fists. This could be a bloody mess. This could be a massacre. Well, his girlfriend is 28, and when they had an argument, and he called her and suggested this, she was initially she was initially upset. She hung up the phone and later warmed up to the idea and agreed to give it a go. And now they do everything together, and I mean everything. So. <laughs> From getting each, getting each morning, eating breakfast and shopping and all that stuff, they did. They have to do everything together, obviously. So they say fights between them did not disappear. They still fight, but when we approach a dead end and there's no understanding between us, we simply stop talking instead of packing up our things and walking away. Um, I'm thinking beyond having breakfast or talking or having fights. Um, I can't picture being handcuffed to anybody while I'm on the bowl doing number two. That was my first thought. How about if you're doing... Honey, can you give me a hand here? (laughs) Yeah. What if you have... What if you have the bubble guts? And it's, it's spray crazy in the bathroom. This is when, if you have one of those homes that has a bidet in it, you take the bidet out and put another toilet in, so you go side by side. I, like, you, have, you, have a, you have a powder room or a master bathroom? Yes. Right? yes. Now, is your master bathroom like in with the rest of the bathroom, or is it its own little, little room? The toilet has its own little room within right. the master bath. Okay. Now, same with mine. Now, picture, picture yourself, or even picture me, six foot three, 240 pounds, handcuffed in that little tiny room with my little tiny wife. Like, she'd have to like sit on my lap while I'm sitting on the throne taking care of business. Right? Honey, can you pass the toilet paper? Honey, honey, I can't reach. Can you get back there? <laughs> yeah, that's uh. That's interesting. Now, does she don a scuba mask and tank? Does she, you know, just go full out respirator? My, my wife would. My, okay, my one-year-old, she picks him up from school today, from preschool. And she gets home, she starts complaining that she can smell his feet from the front seat. My one-year-old, he barely has toenails. <laughs> but yeah, I guess his, his feet stink. She's hypersensitive to smell. Wow. Yeah, she's like, it's ultra, it drives me nuts. But 
Wow. So, so would you get handcuffed to your spouse? No, no. There, there's there's more logical ways of taking care of things. And if you fight with somebody and you need to cool off and you need to get away, you get away. You go outside. You get in the garage. You throw something. Whatever the case may be. You don't need to be handcuffed to somebody. And um, if you're, it, I, my rule always was that if I broke up with someone for a third time, that was the last time. That was the last time. Three, I, tri- three strike rule, huh? For lack of a better word, yeah. If, uh, if you can't make it work three different times, or if there's something that bad that you need to break up about it, you need to break up about it. Wow. No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I see what you're saying. And, you know, there's just certain things that you just... I, I think if you're that young and you're going to an extreme to handcuff yourself to somebody because you're not getting along or you're not able to, 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 to have the relationship you want or desire, you're not working on anything by doing that, I don't think. I, I just... I, I don't see what that does. I mean, I guess when you were little... If you had a, a problem with a sibling or a friend or something, sometimes you got locked in a room together or you had to sit down together or whatever. But yeah. I think if you're 33 and 28 years old, handcuffing yourself is a bit extreme. I say just let it go. Just move on. Right. Next. Yeah. I'm going to handcuff. And, and, and who's to say that she's not... I mean, we don't know enough about the story. Who's to say that she's not right in her position and that he's just trying to cling on and make sure she don't get away. So he's using this as a as a thing. You know, for all we know, this could be like a kidnapping. <laughs> just more passive. Maybe she just doesn't realize it. There's such a thing as passive aggressive kidnapping. That might be the first one. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that story. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to follow and see <laughs> see how that goes. That's beyond bizarre. But they show them that in in the in the uh, article that I found, it was on Fox News Lifestyle. They say uh, they have breakfast. They have pictured them having breakfast in handcuffs. So where's the key? Who has the key? Right? Is it in his pocket where she can reach it? Is there a safe word? Right. <laughs> a safe word. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess if they were swingers or into bondage or something, they're on their way there. Yeah, it's, it's possible. It just makes no sense. You know, the, the Ukraine. I don't get it. In related news, the 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 uh, cassette tape players creator, the cassette tape. Remember cassette tapes when you were in high school? Yeah. The guy who came up with that died. Yeah, I know that's not related news. I was trying to be funny. Lou Ottens, the engineer who oversaw the development of the cassette tape, the music recording and playback format, which hit its peak in the 80s, led to ubiquitous portable music listening. This is all according to USA Today, the tech section there. They say it was smaller and more convenient than 8-tracks, an endless sharing of mixtapes among friends and romantic partners both present and potential. Did you ever make a mixtape? Of course. Yeah. Many times. 
give me a mixtape. Give, give me something you would have made up or besides from pirating your buddy's Pink Floyd album. <laughs> um, gosh. Your ear looks very clean there, by the way. I, I Q-tips every day. I see that. That was wonderful. All right. Um, mixtape. First song on us could be Motley Crue Wild Side. Follow it by Green Day, Jesus of Suburbia. So this is a uh, tape you would be making like now, today? Yeah. Well, okay. Do you want me to make an 80s one? I don't know. What, whatever. You, I, give me an idea of what you've done in the past. Do you remember the first mixtape you ever made? I know. Actually, no, I don't specifically remember, but I'll guarantee you it was probably 79, 78, somewhere in there, and it was all songs off the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the DJ in the beginning trying to hit the post, you know? Um, how about how about if your band was on TV? Did you take your little radio thing and put it in front of the TV speaker and hit record? No, never did that. Never did that. I, I remember staying up late watching Don Kirshner's rock concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tape, taping off the radio is probably the first mixed tape. And that would, that would probably be like Kiss, Beth. Uh, Billy Joel, things of that nature. Probably a little Christopher Cross. Did you, know, you ever make one for a female? I I will admit this. Oh I boy. Made, yeah, yeah. This this could be trouble. <laughs> wait, um, wait a second here. Let me get the correct sound effect. All right, there we go. <laughs> um, gosh. You know the story between Brenda and I. Brenda and I yes. did college in 1985, 1986. I went back to New Jersey, and life got separated. Uh, we were separated for 25 years. During that time, I did make a tape that I was going to send to Brenda, and it was Poison's Poison, the band Poison, uh, I Won't Forget You, Babe. And I actually taped it on there like two or three times. I made it roll because the ending of the song is like the beginning of the song and I made it roll into each other. Yeah. And I was going to take that tape and send it to her, but I just never did. Uh, I don't know why. But yeah, I, that, I made that for, for her. It, you no don't still have a tape, do you? No. I imagine that. No. No, I don't think I have any cassettes left. Well, it just, it's its funny to me how you can remember. And remember, this was your tool. Like, if it became unwound or something, you would take a pen and turn it in the little wheel, the little cog. Yep. Done it many times. And then, and then when you got a cassette at the store, it had the little plastic tabs. Like, if you bought... Uh, Pink Floyd tape or whatever it had the little tabs were, were clicked out so you couldn't record over those meanwhile the when you bought the six pack at the store it had the little tabs once you recorded that tape then you broke the tabs off so you couldn't accidentally record over that thing again yep yep I've actually and you put tape over it yes yes if you didn't have tape you just suck a piece of paper in the cassette with it so it would push the thing the little tab back so you can record so so do you hear that noise? That's all the millennials and Generation Zs changing the channel and stopping listening to us because they feel like they're listening to their dad and crap. Yeah, yeah. I have hundreds of, uh, of CDs in the other room, which I'm sure. 
Yeah, they're on the way out too. CDs. What's that? Yeah. Uh, uh, the Honda Pilot doesn't even have a CD player. Yeah. No, they don't. They stopped doing. They stopped putting them in cars in nineteen, I think. Yeah. Well, luckily we have a DVD player, and that. Oh yeah. You, oh yeah. You have kids. You have to have that, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Hey, speaking of cassette tapes, my band, Cheap Trick. Yes, I said my band. It doesn't mean like I own the band. It's just my band. Um, they have a new album coming out. These guys are like 154 years old, and they got a new album coming out April 9th, In Another World. And their new single, Boys and Girls and Rock and Roll, was out yesterday. So they're doing something interesting. I saw their YouTube videos for both songs they've released off this album. And it's just like an image of their logo, like the one has to do with fire. So it's a it's an image of a map with a cheap uh, match being lit with a cheap trick logo behind it. And it's like there's motion to it, but it's computer generated. And then like this one, it looks like you're looking down at your gear shifter in your car, and it says cheap trick on the top. But it's a, that's the whole video, and it got me thinking: Are people not really watching videos anymore? Are they when even when they're on YouTube, are they just listening to it and paying attention to something else on the phone, on their computer, or whatever? Is that is that fair? Do you, do you think that's the case? I think that I, I still like to watch a video with with the song. You know, and a lot of these bands, like takes the point of Bowling for Soup, they're a newer band. They were they were signed to Jive Records back in the day. They they basically release their own stuff now. Uh, they have their, their core audience audience and really they're not going to gain millions of new viewers so they do a lot of uh like homemade videos or lyric videos and i think it's just a a, a dollars thing you know to, to produce a video hundreds of thousands millions of dollars to produce these videos do you get a return on your investment with these videos not anymore i don't think they don't show music videos on mtv anymore do they right no not for 25 years now. It's all 16 and pregnant and reality TV and yeah. real people, real world. How much more sh uh, market share will Cheap Trick get by releasing a, a video, even if they spent $10,000 on it? I'm convinced at this point in their career, they have their set of fans, and those set of fans are going to continue to be consumers of their product, but I don't see anybody else just jumping on jumping on the bandwagon. It's not that big. I don't think they're gaining any new fans that way. There'll, there'll be onesies, twosies, like my kids will we'll go to a concert if I if I took them. Right, exactly. Um, my granddaughter would be bored out of her mind and she'd be like, who are these these people? <laughs> we, uh, we took, uh, Lisa and I took all the kids one time to see Cowboy Mouth. And uh, we, we went to the show and uh, my stepdaughter, Ashley, was uh, enticed to get on stage because the kids were being kids they were being teenagers you know at the time that's how old they were and we're you know there's a small club and we were near the front area and um fred leblanc the lead singer and drummer pointed her out in the crowd and stopped the show and was trying to make her smile and everything and called her up on stage and had her play the drums with him for her song it was pretty cool but to me that's the type of situation where it was just like you said if you know mom and dad takes the kid to the show or something maybe they'll enjoy themselves a little bit but you know to me you have to put yourself out there you have to target that like that guy did that that guy fred from cowboy mouth knows that there's gonna be a finite time for his 15 minutes if you would 
and he doesn't know when it's going to stop. So how do you how do you extend extend that time? You got to hit the youth. You got to you got to get them young. And that's just like anything else. It's like in sports, the kids that start young are way ahead of everyone else when they get to high school. So I think a band's got to keep reinventing itself if it wants to stay contemporary. But bands like we're talking about, I don't think there's a there's a need to do that. Just be themselves because they've already got their finite audience. A buddy of mine and uh, I, we went to Guns N' Roses at the Alamo Dome and uh, 65,000 people in this place. On the, we got seats on the floor. <clears throat> he brought his son, 12 years old, all excited. Guns N' Roses, he's going to hear Sweet Child of Mine. And they played for like three hours. It was, it was obnoxious how long they played. <laughs> Um, I was like, all right, come on, guys, come on. Um, but we were got on the floor. We didn't have tickets on the floor, but we got on the floor, three of us, and we are probably 50 feet back from the stage. And my buddy Dustin and I are both, you know, he's, he's excited, I'm excited. He's in his 30s, I'm a little older. And his son, being 12, is sitting in the chair. Wow. The whole time. You know, these are all songs he knows on the radio, and he's just... Was it because he looked around and he didn't see anybody that looked like him there? Well, I'm sure that's part of the reason. And, and the thing is, you know, at 12 years old, you want to hear the song on the radio. Yeah. You know, where me, I heard the song on the radio. Right. I heard the I heard the other version they have on the, the bonus track on the CD. I heard that version, too. Right. I'm live. You know, I only hear it live, I only hear it different, I only hear it different. One of the reasons why I can't stand or do not like to go to see Leonard Skinner's live. They are such a tight band that you can close your eyes and you're like, okay, this is the CD. This is the album. Yeah, yeah, but they're, you know, that that band is kind of like some other bands, like Molly Hatchet and these other bands from back in the day. You don't even know who you're seeing anymore. <laughs> it, it, they're different people. There's like one guy that used to be the tech for the band so they get to keep the name and they just right it's the drummer's son yeah my yeah like but there's bands that i don't think will ever do that again like obviously right now van halen there's no chance hagar or roth that doesn't matter it's not happening there's no eddie it's not happening but that would be like eddie's son wolfgang who plays bass right he plays bass not guitar Yes, yes. I heard their their tune the other day on the radio. I thought it was yeah, pretty good. Really good. Really good. It's good to, uh, do a short tour. I, I think the name of his band is Mammoth and then WVH to make sure you know that that's who that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think, well, the people that matter. And the thing is, he, he might actually do really well because he's going to get that Van Halen crowd, you know, that'll, that'll go just to see. And, uh, I don't know. I heard he put out a GoFundMe page or something not long ago. Like, he's not really? doing well. Really? Yeah. I, I'll, let me research that. Let me take that back and let me research that. But I swear I heard something about that. I'd be surprised. It was actually a, a, a good The song I heard was really good. Really good. Well, well, does Valerie Bertinelli get all that Van Halen money? She's not married to him. They're divorced. She's remarried. Yeah, they were both remarried. Yeah, but she was obviously with him for a large part of that, part of that, no? Yeah, a good portion. 
probably a good 20 years. Is it going to be like a Courtney Love with the, uh, um, shoot, what's, what's her, uh, Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, Courtney Love made the Nirvana situation really rough on Dave Grohl and the other people in Nirvana. They were, he was just like, no. And she was trying to battle the whole time. And it got to a point where I don't think either one of them were satisfied with the end result, but you know, maybe like a Yoko Ono situation, but you know, right. she didn't drive John Lennon to kill himself. Somebody else killed him. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't know, but I'm sure even if she didn't get anything, post-mortem that it all went for Wolfie and Wolfie's got his mom's back not that she needs it, she's on television still she's still making a, a buck you know, so I'm sure she's comfortable with her wow. own right, you know, why would she need anything from the, the Eddie Van Halen estate well that brings me to the Grammys the Grammys are coming up here did you know that? yeah, yeah. actually I was surprised I didn't know that I came across this by accident about the Grammys and I, I don't watch those award shows. I don't watch the Golden Globes, the Emmys, the, I, I don't watch any of that. So do you watch that stuff? I, I used to like back 20, 30 years ago because it, mm -hmm. it was relevant to me. Mm -hmm. I don't, I try not to watch TV. If it was a half hour program, I might get sucked in. If it's an hour program, I avoid it. I have, I have better things to do with my hour than, and stare at a, a box with moving pictures. Hour? They stretch those shows out and they're playing music and playing people off and they're cutting their microphones and, you know, of course, everybody's got to make a political statement. Well, well, I'm talking about TV in general. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, you're right. No, I get it. You're right. Three hours long. I ain't got time for that. Right? There's, um, well, nowadays, I don't think that programming is going to make it on TV anymore. I think it's going to be all digital, straight to your phone, straight to the computer, and that's it. I don't, I, I think the, commercial terrestrial channels are are done they're just done it's all digital it's all apps on the tv and everything now and another learning curve i don't want to deal with you know there you go old man you're yeah. going to be the last one wait a second you know i i and just bear with me for a minute for steering totally out of this grammy conversation here but so that the Mustang you have, that's probably the last Mustang you're going to have because otherwise it's an SUV. It's an electric SUV, isn't it? They have both now. Oh, okay. I thought they were doing away with the gas. Yeah, no, they're, well, they're doing away with the gas eventually. What, by 2035 is the plan or some, something like that? So are you going to hang on to that Mustang and be that guy who's still driving that old car when you're much older? More than likely. Nice. I put 50,000 miles on the damn thing. Wow. And how long? Four years? It's a 13. I bought it in 16. And I haven't driven it in the past year. I We drove it from San Antonio to St. Augustine. That's 1,000 miles. I put 50,000 miles on the damn thing. I hear you. I hear you. We put 300,000 miles on a Honda going back and forth to Atlanta 500 times a month. <laughs> 500 times a month divided by 30. It was crazy. It was crazy. People, I'd stop at the truck stop and people go, hey, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> exactly. Out in yeah. the middle of nowhere in Cordial, Georgia, you know. Yeah, All right. The Risque Cafe. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so listen, the Grammys. So I picked four categories for us to discuss here. Just four, because I'm not going to spend the whole show on the Grammys. 
But I want to start with the obvious one, the easiest category for us. That's best best rock song. Okay. We can relate to this, right? Best rock song. This is our wheelhouse. Yes. We're there. Okay. The nominees for best rock song. Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers, Morgan Nadler, Marshall Vore. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Kyoto. It sounds like a place where you're going to go eat Japanese food and they're going to cook on a table in front of you. Well, I was thinking of buying furniture that you have to put together yourself. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was late for me with the Japanese restaurant thing. But he, here's here's another one. There's there's four more. There's five nominees. Okay, so Kyoto, Moss in Yesterday by Kevin Parker. Not written by or sung by Adrienne Lenker. Shamika, sung by Fiona Apple. I thought that woman was dead. Exactly. And Stay High, which is by Brittany Howard. These are rock songs. Okay. I, this reminds me of back in the day when the, the Grammys decided to start acknowledging metal or hard rock and metal. So they had a hard rock metal category and what happened was nobody knew who Metallica was. They were nominated. They should have won the award. But everybody knew who Jethro Tull was. I was going to go in the same spot. Jethro say- Tull. They they hit that that award, and I'm like, I'm looking at this, and I don't I don't have that Jethro Tull here. Well, maybe it's Fiona Apple, but I thought she was like 116 years old. Do you recognize any of these names? No, Fiona. You're Apple. old. Thing you re- I recognized. We're both old. I went to a concert with with somebody, and it was at the Hard Rock Live in Orlando, and it was an ex, and she went with a friend from Miami, and I snuck into the venue. No. No, not me. Um. Yeah, and um. I think it was Fiona Apple. It was either Fiona Apple or Tori Amos, who I think are the same person, just different personalities. But I thought Fiona Apple was like an 80s thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she had like a parallel, like very close to hard rock. No, she couldn't have been an 80s thing. She was born in 1977. Okay. She was out really back in 94 or so. Yeah, it seemed earlier than that to me. Yeah. And I doubt there's two of them out there. And the thing is, is I couldn't tell you one of her songs. I couldn't name one. But if I heard one, the one or two popular ones, I guess, maybe I would go, oh, yeah, that's her. Doubtful. (laughs) Doubtful. So Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers, Boston Yesterday by Kevin Parker, Not by Adrian Lenker, Shamika by Fiona Apple, and Stay High by Brittany Howard. These are rock songs that I've never heard of, so I'm I'm anxious. That that makes me very anxious. Now we're gonna go to the polar opposite. We're gonna go to the thing we're not familiar with at all. The best rap performance. Performance, okay. Yeah, so let me just get the the buzzer ready here. 
let me see what 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 sound effect am I looking for here? Am I looking for this? This is probably it. Try this one. Yeah, boy. Yes, yes, with the yeah boy behind you. All right. So the nominees for best rap performance: Deep Reverence by Big Sean featuring Nipsey Hussle, not Nipsey Russell, Nipsey Hussle. Bop by somebody named Da Baby. That's D A B A B Y. Da Baby. What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow. The Bigger Picture by Little. And I mean L I L, not Little, the word, but Lil. Lil Baby. Not to be confused with Da Baby. And then Savage by Megan the Stallion featuring Beyonce and Dior Pop Smoke. I, I don't, I, the only name I recognized was Beyonce, and that's because we used to date. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. There you go. All right. Record of the year. You ready for record of the year? The yeah. nominees. Black Parade by Beyonce. Okay. Colors by the Black Pumas. Rockstar featuring Da Baby and Roddy Rich. Say So by Dojo Cat. Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Circles by Post Malone. And Savage by Megan The Stallion. Now I recognize Post Malone. I've heard the song Circles. And I recognize Billie Eilish, and I've, I've enjoyed listening to her, but then when she opens her mouth when she's not singing, she's a complete moron. So, yeah, yeah did you recognize any of those people? Rose Malone, the Billie Eilish, the Beyonce, and that's, what, 50%? All right, this is the last one. So we're bound to get something right here, right? Because I picked four categories that we could probably relate to or talk about here. Album of the year. Now this is different than record of the year somehow. Album of the year. I think record of the year is, is single of the year. Oh, oh, is it? Is that what record of the year is? A single? Record of the year is single and album of the year is album. Well, there you go. I'm 150 years old and I still didn't know that. Great. Great job, Mike. Good job. <laughs> Hold on a second. Well, here. That, that would be my guess. All right. So. The nominees are Chalumbo by Jenka Aiko, Black Pumas Deluxe Edition by the Black Pumas, Everyday Life by Coldplay, The Jesse Volume 3 by Jacob Collier, Women in Music Part 3 by Haim, H-A-I-M, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone, or Folklore by Taylor Swift. Here we go. Taylor Swift's going to win in that... Uh, who's that that went on, used to go on stage and interrupt her and say Beyonce should have won? Jay-Z? Or, Kanye. Uh, I think that was Kanye. Kanye. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Taylor Swift. Because yeah. it's been rigged. With, with, with that particular category, I think you need a little bit of history behind yourself. You, you, you can't come out with your, your first mixtape and expect to win Grammy of the Year, you know, or, or Album of the Year uh, at the Grammys. And the first four you mentioned, I knew one of the four. I think Post Malone was the only one I knew of the first four. And Coldplay, Can't Stand Them, they're, they're in the category, I, I have a category of music that I just can't stand. And it's 
Coldplay, um, John Mayer, Dave Matthews. Just, just particular music that's extremely popular that I don't get. I don't. You get know, have, I, I, I probably told you my Dave Matthews joke in the past. Do you remember it? Really? No. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as a fan of Cheap Trick, they call the people that follow Cheap Trick and go to a lot of their shows, they call them tricksters. Okay. okay. If you also. if you are a fan of KISS and you're everything KISS and you follow them and go to a lot of their concerts and have all their stuff, Kiss you're Army. in the KISS Army. Right. What do you call the same group of people for Dave Matthews? Douchebags. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'll be here all week. Wait, 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 wait. I got to get my uh, my correct thing here. Hold on. There you go. Polite applause from the crowd. Thank you very much. So you were telling me you had something about Orlando. What's this big thing with Orlando now? Okay. Just scrolling through social media, I came across uh, something that was weird. It's a theme park that I had no idea exists in Orlando. Have you ever heard of a guy named Michael Deser or Deezer? I haven't heard of him, though. Yeah, all right. His real name is Michael Deezer... 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 Zav. Yeah, it's easy for you to say. Heck no, it's not. Michael Deezer is an Israeli-American real estate developer and car collector. He is the founder of Deezer Properties and is known for his investments in New York and Florida real estates and associated with Donald Trump. Born in 1941, real estate developer, married, four kids, and uh, from Tel Aviv originally, migrated to the U.S. in 1962. Uh, worked in advertising, moved his way into real estate, and founded Deezer Enterprises in New York City, which focused on the Chelsea neighborhood. Uh, goes on in the 80s, he worked with Donald Trump, uh, helped with Donald Trump's Grande Oceanfront Resort and Residence, and the $166 million, $166 million Trump International Hotel and Tower in Sunny Isles Beach, Florida. All right, and it goes on to, to show a couple different properties he had. Let me switch pages here and go to Deezerland Park. Deezerland Park, Orlando, and Miami. Here's the thing with this place. You remember Festival Bay Mall? Yes. It appears this guy made or built, uh, bought this place. He bought it and turned it into a theme park. Yeah. 5250 International Drive. And where is the website? Let's go to the website. Website. And you can do anything here. It, it's unbelievable. There's one in Miami. There's one in Orlando. And, of course, it doesn't want to come up. Um, but there's a bowling alley in this place. Yeah. There is those um, the go-karts, like the, uh, yeah. who they call it, uh, Mario Andretti. Right. The, you know, electric go-kart track. Yeah. The guy owns a thousand cars. He owns a thousand cars. And he has a website that is like these thousand cars are on there and you can buy his, any of his cars. Really? So the entire wall 
is this like a theme park? And if I can get the darn thing to come up, there we go. Yep, bowling alley, Florida's largest indoor attraction. It never rains at Deezerland Park. Smart. 800,000 square feet of thrills and fun. His attractions, he has an arcade, bowling alley. He has one of those trampoline parks in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, car, Go-Kart Orlando, the auto museum. He has a pinball museum. Nice. Uh, the VR coaster for, I guess, virtual reality roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play lounge. He has the uh, the cinema. There's a movie theater there. And uh, let's see, what is Jumpstart? Oh, Jumpstart is the trampoline park. So yeah, it's a little bit of everything. There's uh, eat. There's restaurants in there. The whole nine yards, all in one place. These are land. Well, they have something similar to that in Leesburg in Lake County, at the Lake Square. Uh, a couple of the big chain stores folded before the pandemic and everything. And then the pandemic pushed some people out and let's face it, malls are going away anyway. Everything's online, everything's Amazon, everything's free delivery. So uh, there have been some investors I've seen doing what they did at this place in Lake County, similar to what you're talking about, but that mall still has some stores, but it does have indoor go-kart. It has like an adult Chuck E. Cheese type place, it has bowling alley, has all these things there. and. It's pretty smart if you ask me, because you're in Florida, especially where this guy put this place. If it's down by where that Festival Bay was, yeah. it rains every afternoon in Florida. You're probably staying at a hotel near there and you could dip in for a couple hours. You probably have extra days anyway, or three, four days at the park or whatever. And then you go to this guy's place or you're out of the sun. Lord knows when you're at the theme parks in July and August, it's 150 degrees and you're side by side with those people from all those different countries who don't use deodorant. It's yeah. a very pleasant day. A day of rain. Yes. Yeah. Cars from TV and the silver screen call this room called this room home, including vehicles from Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Spider-Man, Dukes of Hazard, Ghostbusters, Fast and the Furious franchise, Harry Potter, and more. So I was going through this list of cars, and there's there's one particular car that is not a Mustang that is from a TV show that I've always wanted. Always wanted one of these cars. And actually, what God, I was probably 12 years old and I was in Seattle and I saw one of these cars and I wanted it still. All right. You want me to tell you what car it was? Go ahead. Starsky and Hutch. Oh my God. Yes. How did you know this? Because I know you, dude. I know you. Exactly. And what was funny is the, the car in Seattle that I saw, the license plate was Zebra 3. Nice. And that was the call number or call letter for that particular, you know, for Starsky and Hutch. Wow. Yes. So, so he has one of those? You're going to buy it? 1973 Ford Gran Torino, red with a white stripe. Yeah. Three of them. Three. Wow. Yeah. How much uh, does a car like that go for, you think? I don't know, because it said call for price. Like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that depends. Yeah. So, uh, they, they have that, and, and of course, the, the number two would be uh, would be the Back to the Future Memorial. Well, the good I, news I is you were going to say Dukes of Hazard. You, you, I, you know, I was going there, but at that age, you were in New Jersey, so that wasn't like a cultural thing with you. You know what I mean? It, they, you're not going to have a car with a rebel flag on it driving through New York. It's not going to work. You know, yeah. sorry, I hate to tell you that. 
Nice car and all, but yeah. Uh, Starsky and Hutch, 100%. You know, they filmed that whole opening at Dukes of Hazard in uh, Conyers, Georgia. That whole downtown with the courthouse and all that stuff where they showed it every show. Everything else was done in Hollywood, but all those uh, long shots and those establishing shots and those in-between shots and those downtown area, they would show that downtown area and then they would zoom in on a building and then you'd be in that office and that's the Hollywood stage. But they used all that stuff from that from that area in Georgia. It's pretty cool. I know that. Wow. This, this place it has a little bit of everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about making a road trip over there. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to call them ahead of time and let them know we're coming. Yeah, they, they have a direct connection to their car sales. And he seems to be a, a, a taking a liking to Vespas. He, he literally has all kinds of these like Vespa-type vehicles that he has, too. But yeah, they have a Herbie Love Bug, everything. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, over a thousand cars, and he has them for sale. And I'm guessing they're at either one of these two locations where, you know, wherever the one in Miami is and, uh, Festival Bay, these are dozer land. Yeah. 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 So, wow. I was, uh, and the thing is, you know, you, you think, you know, everything about Orlando, there's you know, so much to do, but there's a limited amount to do. And no, but that, that's one of the reasons why I like living here. Cause they always bring new stuff here. They'll try stuff out here. They'll do a one-off. A company will have a restaurant that they're looking to spin off. So they'll open up a test unit here. And then if it does well, then, you know, you know, pluses and minuses. But a lot of those businesses, it's a cash cow. If you're anywhere near Disney on, uh, you know, on uh, Earlo Bronson on 192 or you're around Disney, Disney's bought up most everything. And they make sure if they own whatever they own, even if you're an outside contractor, of course, they get paid well. Disney does 25 cents off each dollar that comes in. The rest is up to you, Mr. Uh, business. But yeah, no, that's that, that's a great place to be. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And well, actually a discussion we had this week uh, in, in training for mortgages is uh, what's the difference between leasehold and fee simple? simple as you, you buy the property and you buy the, the dwelling that's on it. Uh, Disney does something called uh, leasehold, which is a 99-year lease. You lease the property for 99 years. You pay Disney beyond there, and then whenever you build on there, you get a mortgage. And yeah. You get a mortgage, and it's, it's leasehold, so you don't own the, the ground, but you own the building, and you pay on the building, and you pay on the ground separately. You know? Crazy. You We're in the wrong business. We need to be on the high end. We need to be, I need to be sending you proposals and you need to be, you know, this is seven figure con proposals for real estate. You need to be checking the box and sending the package through and then we'll split the money. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> hey, we're going to the moon. Did you know we're going to the moon again? Or are we going for the first time actually when we go to the moon? Oh, excuse me. Um, we're going again. Okay. All right. Well, there's they're they're saying that we've been there, and they're saying that we're going. And the plan was for us to go in 2024, but they're not sure if they're going to make that target date. They're still on track though to go. But brings me to my next thing. Do you think we need to go to the moon? Why are we going to the moon if we've already been there and left? Yeah. Well, I, I thought the same thing, you know. But is it is it a a, a motivational hoorah, America's great kind of thing. 
I think it's going to be like a launching pad, almost literally, to get us to interstellar, interstellar travel. The moon is going to be a stop. Like, you're going to have to stop there and refuel or, or pick up passengers or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be a stop. So, brings me to my next point here. China and Russia. Joint plan for lunar space station. So, two people that are kind of like our our mortal enemies, if you would. I think it's silly and stupid that that's the way it is, but that's what it is. China and Russia announced earlier this week that they have partnered to build a lunar research station. Russian space agency Roscosmos said in a statement Tuesday that it had signed an agreement with, Charles, with China's National Space Administration, the CNSA, to build a complex of experimental research facilities created on the surface and or in the orbit of the moon. Is this bad for us? This could be like a, like a pilot truck stop. I don't know, but it sounds like they're gonna be able to charge you whatever they want for the products in that convenience store there, because they're the only thing on the, on the moon. Our enemies are gonna be, oh yeah, normally if it was China or Russia, we'd charge you this much. But being you're from the USA, it's double that. Yeah, I'm not sure I feel good about that. And who's to say what what is advantageous about being on the moon yet? I mean, yeah. for, for all we know, there's other people on the other side of the moon. Maybe there's a whole, there is a dark side of the moon. You know, the moon doesn't turn. We see right. the same side of the moon the whole time. It is, in essence, it does turn, but it turns so we only see one side of it. No, not one side at a time. The, the, the moon doesn't spin. It right. moves, but it doesn't spin. It does spin because it, it faces us in the same direction each time. If it span, it would do this. Well, you know how the Earth goes in the orbit right. and, and it spins on that same orbit. The moon doesn't doesn't spin. There's no rotation. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yes, it moves. It orbits the Earth, but the same side. There is a dark side to the moon. Yeah, and, and when we see the one side only, isn't it spinning when doing that? No, because wherever you are on the Earth, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come with props next time in a flashlight. We're gonna have to get some elementary school kid to explain this to us. But isn't it turning? Would you only see that? Yeah, but the only people who have seen the dark side of the moon are the Russians and the American astronauts who went around the moon. And there was like a two minute delay, um, like where we couldn't communicate because they were on the opposite side of the moon. There was no way those waves were going to get around the moon. So I think there's a dark side of the moon. I think that's where the aliens are. I think they're on Earth, but I think they have a big substation there. It wasn't actually spinning like this, but if you if you were if you were looking at it from one side, next topic. Yeah, ask one of your kids to fill us in on how this works. They're they're young enough and old enough to be able to tell you. We don't know. You and I are how old we're ancient, and we don't know. It's that great school system we have. But I'm nervous about the Chinese-Russia thing. Now, they're developing a moon registry. It catalogs the human heritage left behind on the lunar surface. 
So there's a bunch of junk. There's junk floating around in space, but there's a bunch of junk that's on the moon. For instance, let's see. I'm scanning through this thing here because I saw it before. Any, like for instance, the flag that the US left on the moon, they're gonna catalog and pinpoint those things. So my question is, does China and Russia go and take our flag down? You know, they would. And I'm sure it's dated by now. Well, there is some controversy about the whole moon landing thing. I was at the at the national park in in New Mexico where they did film the moon landing. I've been there. That was exciting. Isn't there like they bumped that because of like how the shadow could be cast from Shh. trying to get ratings <laughs> trying to trying to I do something busters, damn it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm trying to get something going here trying to get some money going let's let's get some clicks so if i maybe if i say that we never went to the moon which for years i i i thought that but I don't know. When we're going back to the moon, there's something called the Artemis program. Had a wave of an industry momentum, partially thanks to an energizing yet wildly unrealistic target date of 2024 for planting boots on the moon. So my question is, are China and Russia trying to beat us to the moon and they're going to put up like a toll booth when they get there? They're like, hey, no, stop. You want to enter, you know, it's like in there in Disney, you know, it's like $180 for one day. Yeah. Cash only. And, and the thing is, can someone claim the moon? I don't know. How did people claim land back in the day? Yeah, fighters, keepers, you know. Squatters' rights, isn't that what they called it? Right, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know how that would work. So my, my question is, is if Russia goes up there and they steal our flag or they take it down or... They probably have some like modular spacecraft type things like booster rockets or whatever to help them get off the um to help them get off the moon. They probably had to leave some of that behind due to weight, you know. So do you think do you think that's what it's about? It's not about tracking everything on the moon to make sure the Russians and the Chinese don't get our stuff? Is it in storage up there? <laughs> right. Yeah, now this Probably not much of anything up there. You know, a couple, a couple rovers and a couple lander modules. Well, this brings this brings me to a very interesting point. Now, this brings me to my next my next thing here, and they're planning on building an ark to go on the moon. Now, when I say ark, I'm a r k. It's an ark. It's a structure. Okay, they're going to put on the moon. They're gonna fill it with 6.7 million sperm samples. Now, apparently, the arc would involve shooting the sperm and ova samples of the 6.7 million species up to the moon via multiple payloads. The samples would then be stored in a vault beneath the surface on the moon in a lunar pit where they could be kept secure. Now, this is all according to the insider.com and according to the new york post report this would be similar similar conceptually to the doomsday seed vault in norway which currently holds more than a million crop samples originating from almost every country in the world 
My question now is, whose sperm is representing the United States, the the world, the Earth? Whose sperm is that? It's definitely some jerk off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My my points exactly. The team of six researchers from the University of Arizona presented their idea at the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineering Aerospace Conference, where they said their proposal would protect mankind from extinction. Okay, so mankind is extinct. Yeah, that's I don't know. There's somebody. There's somebody up on on the moon who is the, the gatekeeper of the. See, that's that's what I'm saying. Who's to say the Chinese aren't going to go in there and go, oh, stupid USA sample, take it out and stomp on it, and then we're done. Right? Yeah. Not that that would happen. Not that that would happen. I have questions. Yes. Side story. Speaking of, uh, of sperm. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just tuning in. If you're just tuning in. All right. Um, clinic in San Antonio. They have a car, a little, I think it's a, like a neon or no, a Rio, uh, like a Kia Rio or something like Yugo? that. Yugo? No, not Yugo. But it looks like a Yugo. And they have it wrapped in the fertility clinic's logos and whatnot. And they have a little sperm pulling the car. Nice. Right? So I'm talking to the nurse in there. I go, what's up with that car? Out there, she goes, Oh, it's an advertisement. Blah, blah, blah. I go, Yeah, you gotta be real jerk off to drive that car, though, don't you? Did she laugh? Laughing, hit the floor, leave it to me, right? Nice, that's funny. Well, I'm, I'm trying to adjust the focus, I appear to be out of focus here. Do I look out of focus to you? Slightly, yeah. I kind of feel out of focus, I kind of feel fuzzy. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. We're, I think we're almost to wrap up. But let me ask you a question here. Okay. When you're when you're driving a car like that, do you have to have better shocks because of the extra load? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I missed it. Oh, oh, hold on a second here. Let me let me redo that. You have to have special shocks because you're carrying a load. No, no, I, they didn't like that one. Sorry. <laughs> you have anything else before we wrap up today, Mike? No, no, just, uh, just next Friday. Yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna be on location, live on location. Yes. Go ahead, on go ahead, tell them where you're going. Uh, it's the movies Friday. Movies uh, from, the, the Moda, from the movie Clerks 2. They're doing a pop-up kitchen, pop-up movies. I'm gonna be out there, gonna get my cow tipper on. Uh, and, I don't know, they have, oh, Hater Tots, Hater Tots and, and, and uh, Cow Tipper. And uh, maybe I'll get a, uh, what is their chicken sandwich called? Cock Smoker. Cock Smoker, maybe a Cock Smoker. We'll see. Um, <laughs> gonna be out there on iDrive down by the Icon, Park Icon, that huge Ferris wheel they put up. Now, now you know, for people who may not know what you're talking about, tell them specifically what this place is. Like, you you have a shirt for this place, and you, you're yeah. going to look like you belong there. You're going to look like yeah. you're on the clock. 
Well, Kevin Smith, director of Clerks, Clerks 2, and the other View Askew movies, um, it's, a, it's a restaurant that basically looked like an abandoned Burger King, and they painted it uh, purple and yellow, or purple and gold, and everything is purple and gold, and their mascot is Movie, which is a cow. Oh, excuse me. And um, The cow says... The cow says... Um, no. So yeah, this place is... Uh, They've done it around the country, and they're coming to Orlando uh, this week coming up. I think it might have started already. I think it started tonight, and it runs through next Sunday. And uh, I got a reservation in for 8 o'clock next Friday, so when I'm done with my 9 to 5, I'll be hopping in the car and driving down to Orlando. A uh, good two-hour and 15-minute drive or so to the International Theme Park Mecca of Orlando. I drive, um, and uh, we'll be visiting this establishment. I think it's just going to be inside of another restaurant. They'll probably have like a section cordoned off. Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for some cool effects, maybe a, a walk-up counter or something like that. Yeah, I'm hoping that some of the stars from the movie will be there. Kevin Smith I mean, or yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. Day or somebody. Brian, uh, Brian, a little bit of Brian Anderson uh, played. Uh, yeah, one of the guys. Dante. Who's Dante? Who was Dante? What was his real name? Do you remember? Dante. The other guy from the other thing. Yeah, that other, at the other place. Thing. Um, Not that thing, the other thing. Maybe maybe even Jason Mewes, a little, uh, a little silent J. That'd be awesome. Now, if you go there, and obviously these people are there, you're going to make an effort to get them on with you, right? I mean, yeah, they're going to... So, okay. Yeah, no. yeah if, all, if all else fails, just roll up on them and even if it's like a quick meet and greet but when you roll up you're like hey we're live on the air right now and just start just go into it don't ask apologize later what do they call it uh, elevator speech yeah yeah you got like the two minutes or whatever yeah and you, you see i'm worried that if you ask for permission first they're going to squash it so it's yeah, easier yeah. to ask for forgiveness. forgiveness than it is permission exactly that's oh i'm sorry i did get those two questions in though <laughs> and you for, for each one. Yeah, yeah. So you're so you're not on the spot. You're like, let me whip this out. Jersey, 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 Jersey. Hold on, I wasn't expecting you here. I got you in here somewhere. Hold on. All right. So you're gonna you're gonna do something live for movies. I'm excited for that. And uh, of course, check out our podcast everywhere everywhere you find stuff we're there we're on iheart we're everywhere uh podbean anchor all these places check us out on youtube facebook we're all over the place here so yes both mics.com and we have a sister thing what's hot in florida.com thank you very much sir it's been wonderful it's been awesome having you and uh hey next week at movies so this this was this was episode 10 episode 11 will be the movies episode so when you get done listening to this go ahead and mark us subscribe us make us your favorite subscribe to the youtube channel so when that movies one hits next week you're going to be able to be right on top of it all right thanks mike all right thank you everybody we'll talk to you later